Can I introduce next uh, Dr Janet Marstein, who you heard from a bit earlier, um, who's lecturer and programme director of Art, Museum and Gallery Studies in the School of Museum Studies, University of Leicester. Her research focuses on the convergence of museum ethics and institutional critique to meet the changing needs of museums and society. Um, her 2011 edited volume, Routledge, Companion to Museum Ethics, Redefining Ethics for the 21st Century Museum, reconceptualises museum ethics as a dynamic social practice central to the project of creating change in the museum. The unchecked growth of collections is now recognized as one of the most problematic issues that museums face today. Simultaneously, decision makers are increasingly enacting ethical compromises during this recession that breach the relationship of trust between museums and communities by resisting the call for transparency in deaccession or disposal as it's known in the UK and refusing to acknowledge the ethical compromises involved. The polarizing nature of deaccession discourse often leaves critical thinking adrift. There is, however, visionary thinking in the problematics of deaccession that should be recognized for its theoretical implications and modeling potential. Some of the most innovative engagements in issues that define museum ethics today, including new ways to look at deaccession, come from contemporary artists and craftspeople, particularly those artists whose practice involves institutional critique. Institutional critique is the artist's systemic inquiry into museum practice and the exposure of the values museum practice espouses, espouses, typically to inspire change. Institutional critique is practiced both from within the museum and without. Institutional critique can be a powerful expression through which to consider deaccessioning because by its very nature, it examines institutional histories, including collecting histories, and how museums frame them. Contemporary craft is an entry point for artists pursuing institutional critique. My story concerns a project by Los Angeles-based extreme craft artist Robert Fontenot, who, working without a commission, engaged in an institutional critique of the deaccessioning practices of the LA County Museum of Art, or LACMA. Titled Recycle LACMA, Fontenot's project has broad implications for the debate on deaccessioning seen through the prism of contemporary craft. The beauty of the project lies in its ambiguity and depth. Before you were two pairs of purple-striped Guatemalan hand-woven cotton trousers embroidered with trees, peacocks, and other birds. In 2009, Fontenot purchased them along with about 60 other textiles at a trio of auctions. They were deaccessioned from LACMA's Department of Costume and Textiles. Textiles are amongst the most expensive museum objects to store and conserve. Thus, though they don't typically bring high returns at auction, they are commonly among the first objects targeted for deaccession during budgetary reductions. Proceeds from the auctions went towards buying other artworks. The deaccession, according to LACMA's director, Michael Govan, was part of a, quote, sift and sort process by which the museum betters its collections. Quote, it has nothing to do with the economic times, he argued. Additional textiles LACMA pegged for deaccession were transferred to other area museums. It is clear that Fontenot 
It is clear to Fontenot that LACMA handled the Deke session according to American Association of Museums ethics guidelines and that sustainability of collections is a genuine concern. He noted of his project, it's definitely not meant to fault LACMA. They were right in getting rid of a lot of these items. There was damage to some of them. Others probably weren't things they were ever going to exhibit. Fontenot also acknowledged the ethical and legal complexities of deaccession for museums. The decision to deaccession an item is never an easy one, nor is the process usually simple, he wrote. Nonetheless, Fontenot found the lack of transparency and absence of artist community consultation in LACMA's deaccessioning process to be disquieting. Fontenot was also shocked by the small amount of money that the auctions raised. He paid only $250 for the largest lot he purchased. Major costume and textile departments and institutes are often conflicted spaces. Typically driven by commercial interests of the fashion industry, they can be seductive places, particularly concerning conflicts of interest. But costume and textile departments also care for lots of objects in fragile condition, made even more vulnerable by their gendered and in many cases ethnographic identities. In the clash between commercialization and the object, the former usually wins out. But to Fontenot, collections are like people that need to be nurtured by the museum until they are no more. Fontenot sees objects designated for a deaccession as defiled. Nothing can change the fact that the museum has decided that the deaccessioned items are useless to them and that they are no longer t- and they no longer take an interest in preserving them for the future. Items slated for deaccessioning are, as far as the museum is concerned, trash. Fontenot's interpretation of museum deaccession as a marginalization or othering and his embrace of the deaccessioned object through anthropomorphizing it is an expression of the queer. According to Judith Butler, queer performativity is both a critique of heteronormative culture and a process of transforming the way we define and sever boundaries of identity. Fontenot seeks out the convergence between queer theory and museum theory. For Fontenot, these deaccession garments are a means to challenge the heteronormative value systems imposed by the art museum's canonicity and to express through recycling queer values of fluidity that transgress binary oppositions of high and low. Fontenot's response to defashion through sewing and crafting techniques, the discarded LACMA textiles into new and useful objects, is a clear statement of queer performativity as institutional critique. With meticulous and loving attention to detail, Fontenot uses a raft of traditional techniques to deconstruct the textiles he acquired and give them new identities. For instance, a 1967 floor-length James Galano's coat becomes a car seat cover. An Indian silk-embroidered textile becomes an awning over his toilet. And the Guatemalan trousers become a pair of teddy bears. Fontenot spends about four days on each object, methodically removing the thread from hemlines, cutting the fabric, and sewing it back together with care and ingenuity. To speak of the trauma these works have endured, and to assert the museum's ethical responsibility to the objects, Fontenot embroiders like a tattoo the LACMA accession number of each textile onto the recycled item. On the bears, he embroiders the accession number over their hearts. Fontenot explains, I want them to always be branded as things that were part of a museum collection. 
In the context of the striped background of the textiles, Fontenot's craftwork makes the bears look almost like concentration camp survivors, leaning in together like father and son. In a declaration of his personal attachment to the deaccession garments, Fontenot has vowed to use every bit of fabric. What else can I do with the scraps? I can't just throw them away, he says. In this stance, Fontenot positions himself in direct opposition to LACMA, which he sees as trashing the textiles through deaccession. Yet his technique has garnered accolades, ironically, from LACMA itself. While curators from LACMA's Department of Costume and Textiles have remained publicly silent, Rita Gonzalez, curator of contemporary art, has blogged about it and even made a studio visit. Gonzalez found Fontenot's craft so astonishing, their preciousness ironically sparked in her the desire to protect them under plexiglass. Thus, in a complex and multi-layered process common to institutional critique, collections are framed by the artist and reframed in response by the museum. As central to the project as the objects is Fontenot's accompanying blog, in which he employs the quasi-objective language and format of condition reports, catalogs, and LACMA wall texts. For Fontenot, the blog not only makes the project accessible, it enables the viewer to witness the transformation process. Entries include before and after photographs, information on the deaccession garment, LACMA accession number, and the location of the embroidered accession number on the recycled object. Fontenot logs his working process in excessive detail. This deadpan appropriation of conventional museum jargon is a strategy typical of institutional critique, as it invites audiences to consider how the artist's narrative differs from that of the museum. How does Fontenot decide on the kind of object that he will make with the fabrics? In most cases, formal properties dictate the new identity of the garments. <clears throat> For instance, the thick, stiff fabric of a Moroccan silk led to a rugged machete, machete sheath. Usually, Fontenot ignores the cultural context of the textiles. He reflects, at this point, having been filtered through collectors, the museum, and the auction house, they have been so far removed from their point of and purpose for creation as to have lost a lot of their meaning. Fontenot also considers how each object will look as modeled by him or his friends on the blog. This extends the project to a kind of camp performance, as is clear in this self-portrait as a revolutionary from the blog. Camp is an aesthetic choice of irony and excess that draws inspiration from the margins, including the queer. Through playful exaggeration, camp challenges the hypocrisy of dominant culture. Thus, it's not surprising that Fontenot would appropriate camp to critique museum culture. But with his characteristic self-referential sensibility, Fontenot also uses camp to mock his own position. A riff on hypermasculinity, with its bandolier or ammunition belt fashioned and regendered from a woman's silk twill, silk twill designer dress, the self-portrait both parodies and underscores the revolutionary aims of institutional critique. Fontenot creates objects that convey a level of camp and that he considers also on some level as functional. I meant them as examples of things that could be done, so they're not necessarily the most practical applications for my own use, he says in an understatement. Fontenot's pairing of functionality and humor subverts the notion that deaccessioned objects have no more use to society. In fact, Fontenot uses the objects he makes as a seemingly carelessly tossed paper in his trash bin produced from a Turkish embroidery attests. 
Fontenot's recycled objects make bitingly sharp commentaries on the ethics of collections management. The garbage can, for example, smacks of irony in its reference back to and denial of deaccessioned objects as trash. A torch, fashioned from a white fur-trimmed John Anthony coat, and with the coat's accession number carved into the handle, goes further. Produced by wrapping a pine branch in the fabric and soaking it in accelerant, the object self-destructs in a literal and metaphorical symbol that the way museums value objects is inflammatory. For Fontenot, the operative principle is recycling. He offers a range of solutions to model the kind of creative thinking on the sustainability of collections he imagines museums should be engaged in. Fontenot's deliciously perverse flirtation with destruction is primarily conceptual. He is not an anarchist. His love of stuff provokes him to explore, to its ultimate conclusion, the implications of deaccession. On his blog, he advocates readily adaptable recycling solutions as well, such as loan and art rental programs. Fontenot reanimates the garments with which he works by giving the transformed objects human emotion. Those bears, though without eyes, look up to us to suggest their vulnerability and that of all deaccessioned objects. Fontenot's reification queers his objects by endowing them with a sense of feeling othered. The bears and Fontenot's other reconstructed objects have resonance because they plead for a second life at the same time that they also speak for the overwhelming problem of unrestrained collecting habits, weak acquisitions policies, and the need for new strategies in ethical collections management. Fontenot's approach is not reductive or blaming, but instead engages head-on with the realities of museum deaccession today. In general, I don't want to condemn or celebrate. I really just want to start a dialogue, he states. In fact, what Fontenot was hoping to spark is organizational change. He explains, I had always hoped that the project would help people take a closer look at their own assumptions regarding deaccession. I also hoped it might help museums embrace alternative forms of collection disposal and encourage them to look at bringing both artists and the community into the day-to-day concerns of the institution. At LACMA, this process has begun. As LACMA's curator of contemporary art, Gonzalez appreciates the nuanced quality of Fontenot's critique and calls it deeply transformative. Rather than a condemnation of deaccessioning practices, Recycle Lagma is a joyful but biting call to all collecting museums to think more radically about recirculating these objects back into a creative economy, she argues on the Lagma blog. As Gonzalez explains, the Department of Contemporary Art at LACMA has assumed the role of facilitator, sparking institutional dialogue on issues concerning the convergence of the museum and contemporary society that were previously considered taboo. She states that institutional dialogue about recycled LACMA has had a tenor of gravity as it provokes staff to consider, quote, a different model for talking about museum questions in a public and transparent way. Gonzalez believes that Recycle Lagma has an import that merits exhibition and or acquisition by the museum and is exploring the possibilities with her colleagues. In Fontenot's postmodern self-referential system of signification, that makes perfect sense. How would meaning change if Recycle Lagma were exhibited within the museum? How might certain modes of framing by Lagma contain or disable the critique? How might other means of presentation further discourse among museums, artists, and communities about the value of objects and encourage greater transparency? 
Fontenot, in his self-mockingly compulsive manner, says he's eager to get inside the museum to continue the project, perhaps upholstering a couple of benches in the gallery. Clearly, Fontenot is not stopping at refashioning deaccession. He intends to refashion the museum itself. With recycled LACMA, Fontenot demonstrates the potential of contemporary craft through institutional critique as a driver for ethical change in the museum. Thanks.